A quote attributed to the one and only Edgar Allan Poe. I have absolutely no pleasure in the stimulants in which I sometimes so madly indulge. It has not been in the pursuit of pleasure that I have periled life and reputation and reason. It has been the desperate attempt to escape from torturing memories, from a sense of insupportable loneliness, and a dread of some strange, impending doom. Solve the World, a fictional adventure told in 100 episodes. Episode 92. Lonely Hearts. The boat was gone. The Balaam was gone. Lex was gone. Nate Spetra and the stupid Von Trapp family Robinson that so blithely lived out their stupid, stupid, stupidy, stupid lives remained. But these were just sideshow characters. Lex was the real deal. The Intrepid was real. And the Balaam, good God, the Balaam was real. What would Jen do without it? What was there to do? There was no boat, no walkie-talkie, radio, or helicopter to route her off this barren wasteland. Erin Amaru's still young, ridiculously gorgeous wife gave Jen some mush food for dinner. She ate it, but later upchucked every last fiber of it. Her stomach spasmed. From what exactly? Maybe withdrawals? Jen sat on the beach, staring at nothing as night descended. Stupid island. Stupid world. Why had she wanted so badly to come here anyway? What was the point? Was it that stupid, idiotic, dumb VHS tape? That drug-addled fantasy about a tree of life? Did you really think you'd find some sort of relief here, old girl? What sort of answers could have possibly been here? That being said, Jen thought to herself, it was rather coincidental that our arrival meant some sort of answer to prayer for Lex and company. Heck, Jen had no idea Lex was even here. Funny that both women found their way back. The island's not exactly an exit just off the interstate. No stars tonight. Sky full of formless clouds. The breeze is refreshing, cool, calm, maybe. Maybe there's a way out of this. Every misadventure, from being kidnapped, carried off in the trunk of a limousine to Las Vegas, then surviving a shootout and being broken out of prison, to enduring a hand hacked off and its subsequent mysterious reappearance, to avoiding a fall down an endless pit at a psycho cult compound, to outlasting a children's genocide, and the world's largest skyscraping game of Russian roulette. Every time Jen found herself stuck in some unconquerable position, there appeared, often out of nowhere, some sort of escape. What was the escape plan now? How does the old girl avoid this tidal wave? How does she end up being the one spared from the wrecking ball? 
The next day, Jen didn't eat. She sat. It wasn't exactly like you might think. She wasn't hunger-striking. She wasn't pining away in her mind, searching for some answer. It wasn't exactly any of that. And yet, it was a little of all of that. Jennifer Dash was trying her best to flush her mind. This, perhaps above all else, is what Balaam did so well on its own. Hallucinogenics, downers, uppers, sleepers, hypers, whatevers, they all remedy the same problem. They take you out of the game. on the game of life. Win, lose, but you never draw. Not so young anymore, little Jenny Dash. Step right up, you're the next contestant on this thing called Liberty. <laughs> Jennifer, are you ready to play? Yes, Your Honor. All right, and here we go! Use your four limbs, your mind, and your ever-changing hormones to do stuff. Ready, set, go! Wait, what? How am I... What? Huh? What's the point? How... What do you... How do I win? What? Oh, so sorry. That's the wrong answer, my darling. Better luck next time on the game of life. Drugs took you out of the game. It made the game meaningless. You felt less. You felt the consequences of your actions as if they were being carried out by somebody else entirely. You may still feel emotion. Being punched in the nose still hurts, but it hurts in the same way that watching Shadow get stuck in the hole in the third act of the movie Homeward Bound makes you feel. It's bad, but it's kind of... removed. Which, by the way, you have Chance the American Bulldog, Sassy the Himalayan Cat, both perfectly good names. But then you have Shadow for a Golden Retriever. I mean, Shadow, a Golden Retriever. How is gold reflective of a shadow at all? If he was a black lab or perhaps a silver-colored mastiff or something, sure, Shadow works then. But a Golden Retriever? Nah, I don't buy it. Poor choice of name. Now, Gandalf for a big white dog? Come on, that's pretty good. If nothing else, it's way better than Shadow. Another day and night. Jen isolated herself on the island from the rest. She didn't want to talk to Nates and Petra, so she hid, took dreamless naps, skipped stones on the shoreline stared out at the foggy, cloudy horizon. Why was it always cloudy? No stars at night. Again. Another day, another night. If only there was a boat. Any boat. I can sail to Japan. I can find the real tree of life. Harvest Balaam from the source, Jen thought. I could drink from the root. Somewhere, around 3 a.m. or so, boat, 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 
I can has boat. Think of a boat. What does it look like? Who cares? Big, small, doesn't matter. You're just one girl. You'll find a way. With any boat. Anything that floats. Boat. Boat. I need a boat. 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 All it has to do is just wash up on the shore. Anything. Any boat. I'd hop on board the bloody unknown triangle if it came today. Boat. Boat. Come on. Boat. Just wash up on shore. Boat. 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 And then, it did. Just like that. The night sky was covered, but bright. A full moon shone brightly, yet evenly diffused through the clouds on the horizon. There, a schooner. Like a mild-mannered sloth. The boat smiled and slowly tread the water's edge as it needled towards Jennifer Dash. Boat. Boat. It worked. There's a boat. There was no reason for it, but there it was like some freak of nature, appearing from the apparent willpower of Jen's imagination. A boat, a friggin' boat. Jen jumped into the sea, quickly peddling her feet to power her to her fascinating getaway. She struggled getting there. Her bones were weak, her muscles twitchy and tired, having had no nourishment for days on end. But the sailing vessel was close. It didn't take long to mount it. It was, after all, no illusion, no mere mirage. It was real. A real boat. A real ship. The mainsail was already cast. And to top it all off, everything on the boat was spotless. Jen took a peek below deck to check if there was any inhabitant. Nope. No one. The boat was a big one. Much bigger than the Intrepid. At least three times bigger, Jen surmised. A manifold mansion for a single sailor. Plenty of room to lounge. The universe, Jen wagered, bailed her out once again. She mapped a course according to her compass, west by northwest, to Japan, to the Balaam Forest. It wasn't until the morning that Jennifer Dash became aware of the peculiarities of this ex nihilo ocean vessel. It was, by all standards, an exact replica of the Orion. But that couldn't be. Jen was on the Orion when it took on too much water. It was battered over and over again by successive rogue waves. That bloody, cursed statue of Robles' faith. It sunk the ship. This couldn't be that Orion. This was a new one. This was a new Orion, made in the image of the former. Jen looked at her hand. Is everything in your life, old girl, being replaced? That thought was chilling, too chilling. Still looking at her hand, Jen noticed it was shaking. Consistently and rather violently, probably due to a toxic mixture of withdrawals and starvation. 
Jend opened up the double-wide refrigerator in the galley of the ship. It was chock full, but there was also chicken drumsticks, pork chops, thinly sliced cuts of steak, bacon, thinly carved slices of prosciutto, rows of jumbo shrimp, lobster tails, everything a meat eater adores. Jennifer Dash had at it. She cooked a little of everything and engorged herself. As a liquid supplement, she made fast work of two bottles of wine. Down the old hatch. Man alive, are these clouds ever going to eviscerate? They lay hovering over the waters, formless and void of character, just a thick, heavy, time-consuming fog. Mr. Smith was thinking the same thing. He had to track Jen's new boat closely in order to not lose her forever in this fog. He had tracked the Intrepid off the island for a day and a half before realizing that the one, and probably not only, Jenna Finn was not on board. He had, thank the gods above, chosen to retreat back to the island just in time to watch a wandering boat drift to the shore. And then, by Odin's staff... There was the supposed Jen Dash, flailing her arms in the night sea, paddling desperately to the floating mass. The last weeks had been a testament to Mr. Smith's robust determination. He was a man of technology, and suddenly, without warning, technology had abandoned him. He lost all communication with Spencer in New Washington. Any attempts to get a Wi-Fi signal or any sort of internet connection were absolutely sunk, and, to top it off... Even his onboard radios received only static. The blasted sun, too, was puttering out on Smith, lost behind a veil of endless cloud cover. Smith postulated that these clouds probably had something to do with the electronic failure. Maybe some sort of nuclear emission interference. Something like that. Thankfully, he had a trusted companion with him, one whose instincts proved golden in the search for the famed Lady of the Apocalypse, Father Thomas was aboard Mr. Smith's Hydrofoil, a speedster that propels the hull of the ship above the surface of the water to minimize drag and improve burst speed. Father Thomas had a niece of ill repute, a young girl caught in a drug ring. Smith was able to use a precise set of words to convince the priest that his soul-wandering niece would be, quote, appropriated if he didn't go along on Smith's little water world tour de force. To Thomas's credit, he was an open book, and the two men spent most of their free evenings conversing. Thomas was quick to praise young Miss Dash. When Smith pressed him as to why Dash had become such a world phenomenon, he answered, saying, There is no one under God's son who is so pure and wise as Jennifer Dash. She is the embodiment of something I thought long impossible. And what is that? Smith pressed. Jesus said, Unless you change and become like little children, You'll never get to heaven. I always wondered on this. I've heard countless confessions from horrible people. Dreadful things. Things that keep me up at night. And worse than that, I've seen tragedy. Fates worse than death brought on by God's natural world. 
How could I ever run to God like a child when I've held dead infants in my arms, their parents sobbing at my side? Then I met Jennifer. She's gone through it all. Now, more than I have. And yet, she is both wise, meaning she's experienced pain, loss, depravity, boredom, longing, rejection, everything. That gives you wisdom. And yet, She's maintained her innocence, her childlike faith. Childlike faith in what? In the end of the story. What end? That, well, I don't know. You'll have to ask her. She's always running to it. There was an image, a blur in the horizon. Jen saw it and paused her boat. A minute later, her suspicions came into focus. It was, as she feared, another boat. She was being followed. It had to be the intruder, the Gandalf murderer, back to claim his final prize. How could you have been so naive, old girl? You didn't imagine the schooner into existence. You didn't do this by force of will. It was a lure. You're a dumb, stupid fish, and you took the bait. He's gonna catch up with you, old girl. He's gonna kill you. No, not before we reach the Balaam Forest. Not before Japan. Wait, if this is the Orion, isn't there some sort of grappling hook? Don't you remember that old girl? Not a grappling hook. Uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, a harpoon. Yes, you could let him creep up to you, let him get real close, and then BAM! Harpoon his heart. Pierce it right through. Do that, old girl. One. Don't kill. One. Don't kill. Jen caught the auxiliary One, motors, cut kill. the mainsail. She was stoned. Let the dragon come to her. One, don't She'd kill. slay this leviathan One, don't once kill. and for all. One, don't kill. Just like One, old don't Saint kill. George. Don't kill. Smith and Thomas noticed right away that Jen was stalling. Why? No matter. The objective now continued to be not to capture Jen, but to keep her safe and guarded from the public. Smith wanted more than anything just to end this and acquire the target smuggle her back to New Washington. But without any new orders, he was impotent to make a move. Assassins and men of his ilk don't move up the ladder by going rogue. He had a mission, and he wasn't about to alter course without hearing from Spence. Plus now, after Thomas filled his ears with stories, he found himself caring for this deranged young girl. He idolized her, in a way. How could one girl, one strange bird, capture the entire world's imagination? Smith wanted to see with his own eyes, hear with his own ears, touch with his own skin this feminine mystique. Maybe she was all that these people say she is. Maybe. Capturing her outright would most likely lead to her quick demise. If New Washington can't sell her, they'll kill her. It's as simple as that. Leaving her to drift the unmanned oceans keeps her breathing a little while longer. Smith pulled the brakes. Even if Jenna had spotted them, they can play cat and mouse all year round. Harpoon ready, the mystery ship remained a mirage on the foggy horizon. Around dusk, after, what, three, four hours of bobbing up and down, Jen made the Orion lurch forward. She'd make a dash for it under the veil of darkness. She wouldn't need much. As long as the mist remained, all Jen needed was a hundred or so yards. Once out of sight, she could spin the wheel and dodge them, maybe pull a flank and come up from behind. If they don't change course, she could still ride up from behind, sabotage the saboteur, and crack the heathen's sternum with the thrust of her harpoon. One, don't kill. Or, 
he himself would get lost in the mist and she could reroute in peace back towards the Isle of Balaam. Her hands shook, her eyes constantly watered. The withdrawals caused ceaseless cramps. If Jen wasn't vomiting out all the calories of every meal, her body was wasting it away on the other end. This body of hers, perpetually drenched in cold sweats, was on the verge of breakdown. She was only a handful of days out from a near-death overdose. Now she was running ragged with no one to help her. If she happened to faint here, she might never awake. No one would know that she died. No one would find her body. She'd die utterly alone, with only her fiercest of enemies surrounding her. What a miserable thought. That can't be the end, old girl. Push. Push on. Get to the forest. You don't believe in coincidence after all this, do you? We, we, we can't. We can't believe in that. You weren't born to die here. There has to be more to the story. There has to be more. Jen pushed into the storm at high speed. Waves were cresting now. First 15 feet high, then 20, now 25. It should be noted that the Orion Adventure Schooner is meant to be manned by more than one person. One person cannot navigate such a thing as that alone. It's just not meant to be. It would take a tremendous amount of good fortune to be able to successfully navigate such squall-like waters. The situation Jen found herself in now would best even the most seasoned of skippers. Miss Dash, give the wheel a big spin. Let's see where you land. Amazingly, you've successfully spun a 90 or higher eight times in a row. Only Julius Caesar, Genghis Khan, and my card says a nobody Turkish woman from the 17th century have had more consecutive high rollers on the wheel. What will this wheel of fortune bring you now? You'll need a hundred or higher to survive this one. The odds are stacked against you. And the wheel lands on. Oh, oh, oh. The Orion replica capsized. Jen couldn't hold her steady. Her head was thrust against a cabin window, her forehead tore open. The glass nearly scalped Jen entire. The force of the blow instantly knocked her out. Oh, shucks, hate to see that, hate to see that happen. Well, we game show hosts hate to say, I told you so, but gosh golly gee whiz, you just can't keep gambling like that, Miss Dash. You're bound to lose sooner or later. And that's all we have time for today, folks. Be sure to check in with us tomorrow for another exciting round. Same bad time, same bad channel. Live from the Fortune's Wheel. Adios! The first face Jen saw after gaining consciousness was Father Thomas's. Hello, Jen. Hi. Am I... dead? No, no. It hasn't come to all that. Where am I? You're on a boat. We've been following you. You were the one? Did you shoot Gandalf? 
No. No, Jennifer. No. I didn't shoot anyone. What are you doing here? I was brought here by Mr. Smith. Jen saw, standing in the shadow of the doorway, another figure. Mr. Smith, she presumed. Where are you taking me? Somewhere safe, Smith answered. Okay, okay. Okay, okay, Jen said, and feigned sleep. Some hours later, after the squall settled down, little Jennifer Dash awoke from her bed. She found some rope. Smith was sleeping, sitting upright in his chair. His neck, so easy to get to. The rope was tied into a noose and slipped breathlessly around the stranger's neck. You have to get to Japan, old girl. That's the only play left. There's nowhere else to go. There's no one left to visit. Do this, and you'll get there. Do this. Do it quickly. Do this, and do it quickly. Hesitation. What's wrong? Just do it. You could tell by the timbre of Father Thomas's voice. He's not here on his own accord. He's been kidnapped, or... or or tricked. He's 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 part of the bait. This is all <laughs> this is all just to get you. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. You have to do it. Visions of Lorna von Schloss. Jen heard Miles' voice in her head. We're going to be together forever. Really? Lorna von Schloss cried. Not here. Down there. The wisps pounded louder. They're waiting for you. And so am I. Miles, don't! Jen pleaded. He ignored her. Once you're down there, we'll be together. Finally. You'll, you'll come too? Lori asked in the voice of a little girl. I'm already there. Let go. Let go. I'll be there. I already am. I'm waiting. Do it. Do it. Jen tightened the knot. Smith gagged and grabbed feverishly up at his assailant. He couldn't quite get free. He was choking. He was dying. The steel-toed boots Smith perpetually wore, he used to bang repeatedly at the floorboards. Welcome back to another exciting death-defying episode. I'm your host, and here... Can you believe it, folks? Jennifer Dash has returned to play the game once more. Now, just last week, we thought Jen was finished. After a slurry of first-place finishes, Lady Luck finally turned her back on Miss Dash. And yet, Miss Dash, you've returned to us today. What would you like to do now? I'd... I'd, uh... I'd like to strangle a stranger? Okay, that's the ticket. Let's give you some dice and see what's in store. Now, this is no small order here, Jen. This stranger just so happens to be no ordinary stranger. That's right, Merv. Tell her who he is. Pete, this stranger is no other than Agent Mr. Smith, a technocrat assassin, bagman, and cleanup artist. In order to kill this dirtbag, you'll need the venom of a cobra. That's right. It'll take nothing less than a roll of snake eyes to off this sucker. Oh, snake eyes. Miss Dash, are you ready to roll? 
Sure am. All right. Say it with me, audience. Throw those dice! child. What's happened to you? Father Thomas said. He lunged at Jen, knocking her to the floor. Smith unfastened the noose. The game was up. Oh, sorry. Double sixes. Double sixes every one. A good roll, but not what we were looking for. On the ground beside Jen, Father Thomas repeated his desperate question. Jen... What's happened to you? Solve the World is produced by myself, Dante Stack. You can find appropriate attribution for all the music and sound effects found in this episode and every other episode of Solve the World at our website, DanteStack.com, on our show notes page.